from the Rookie End at the end of yet another Watford season, the end of season awards podcast. Our second birthday, Mike. We've been Amazing. 25 podcasts. Incredible. Who yeah. thought we'd have made it that far without <laughs> rambling? Three would have been enough for those listening, I think. <laughs> but as ever, we are, we are three Watford fans. My name is John. Uh, with me is Mike. Hi there. And, uh, and Jason. Hello. And uh, the, these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. And this one in particular is our take on the 2011-2012 championship season, which is coming to the end right in front of our eyes. The, the denouement is unfolding. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Dave. I've, I've had to use that word. We're <laughs> watching the championship play our final. We are. Uh, at half-time, uh, Blackpool nil, West Ham United won. Mm. I'm kind of happy that West Ham are going. So far. So far. I want, yeah, like we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? And we want Blackpool to win with our hearts, but we don't really want West Ham to be in our division next year, so we can see them going. I think that's it. It's good for for the same reason that I wanted Bolton to come down and the QPR, I want West Ham to go up and the Blackpool. Just uh, teams that I think will be weaker than very, the other option. Very calculating, <laughs> uh, very I, I am. Cold and calculating. <laughs> On the rest of this podcast, we were, we were giving out our awards for the season. Uh, not the normal awards that, uh, you, that you get out at the end of, this, end of, a, of a footballing year. Uh, we've also got an interview, uh, which probably hints towards one of our winners, with Michael Kitely. Plus, we've got a song for our own gruff-sounding manager to the tune of a 90s rave classic. If people weren't surprised about Sean Dyche's managerial prowess, they were certainly <laughs> surprised by his voice, which is a thing of absolute wonder, so we paid our own little tribute to that. Plenty to come in this podcast. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans, from the rookery end. 40-odd games, we finish in 11th place. Legs 11. <laughs> Jason, uh, how was the season for you? Um, well, we've talked about it previously, and I think I made a word up, which was uh, accession. Uh, I, I think we, we explain the word, Jason. We, we exceeded what we thought we would do at the start of the season. We said it's likely to be a, a tough battle for us. We'd lost uh, a lot of creativity, a lot of goal scorers, and our manager. We were coming in with yet another a rookie manager, and not much of a squad now. Dyche added to that squad over the summer and I think he did quite well in terms of picking up experienced players and continues to do that throughout the season and as he's continued on his path as a manager built the squad, we have slowly turned into, into a decent side and, and we, we talk about that, that, that phrase the slow turning oil tanker and that's what it's been like and we've now turned and we, we've headed for the port, I think. Completely docked in Championship port. We had a, a good end to the season, that's for sure, a, a positive end. Mike, you were obsessed for most of these saying it's all about just staying up. It's all about just staying up. Yeah. We, we stayed up. Was, that, was it more than that for you? Um, in the end, I think it probably was. But I think, the, how was it for me? I think I've had to sum up in one word. I'd say relief. Because I was very, very clear that we had to stay up this season. That's all there is to it. Very, very briefly, we flirted with the playoffs. I don't think anyone really believed no, that no, we no, were no. going to get up there. So Maths can be a bad thing sometimes in, uh, in football. Yeah, absolutely. All we need to do is win these games 3-0 and hope everyone else loses 11-0. Yeah. Make it, you know, that sort of thing. So I never really got caught up with that. But what a fabulous achievement to, to, to stay up so comfortably. Just being nestled in, in mid-table and to finish 11th was... If anyone predicted we would finish that high, I think they were probably would have been, you know... Committed to be perfect. Smoking something. Yeah, absolutely. We sure nice sounds like you have. <laughs> no filters. But 
you can't, you know, just really relieved. What an awful, awful start to the season we had. Yeah. We did, we did start picking up a few, a few wins, and the, the odd point, we weren't playing great football, were we? In, and it was quite hard to watch. The points were hard to come by. So I think the first third of the season was, it was really hard to get through. As a support, apart from beating the, uh, the, the, the champions. Of course, yeah, we absolutely <laughs> demolished Reading. I remember we, we did got the park and ride against the Majeski, and then on the way back, I've never seen a more depressed set of football fans than those Reading fans that day. They were saying, oh, yeah, this is going to be dreadful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd like to see some of them. They've, uh, they've changed someone. But, you know, it's just nice to get the season done and dusted. It's very di- We've talked about it before as well, saying that it was very different to last year, which, again... Massively the, different. The, the, uh, but with the, with the same... The same target was, was Survivor, wasn't it? But we had lots more individual highlights last year and it felt like yeah. a little a, more of a sort of exciting journey last year, if we're honest. We, 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 our, our, our massive run, our, our bit, was much earlier in the season. Yeah, and there was key, you know, there was the away win at QPR, there was yeah. the 6-1 at Millwall, those, those real sort of highlights that you could say, right, what an amazing day that was. Yeah. Whereas this year hasn't necessarily had those. I think that in, it's been almost a, a predictable normal season where... Okay, we won at Reading, but that was when they were struggling. Mm. They, they had a bad start yeah. of the season as well. Um, and in the rest, we we not really performed against the the, the top the teams. teams. We yeah. uh, well, the, the, a point at West Ham. We we cut the draw against Cardiff. Great. And then we've been beating the teams down the bottom. Yes, yeah, Southampton turned us over big time. Well, the thing is, the only teams we, that we lost to in the last half of the season were Southampton, Reading, Blackpool, Blackpool Birmingham. And the one, of course, we uh, we lost to, we did finish above, was was Crystal Palace. But otherwise, we lost games to teams that did really well this season. And we, yeah, yeah we might not have beaten all the other teams. We drew a lot, especially in those last couple of games of the season, where it was draw, 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 and then we got yeah. to win Look, the last one. I don't one. think we can overplay what what we what we've achieved. We haven't, we haven't put sort of scintillate. You know, you haven't been off your seat game in game out this season, have you? We haven't been sort of celebrating amazing wins. It hasn't been free flowing football all the time. What there has been and which you cannot underestimate is the level of effort um, from a team who started off poorly. And you have, if you get off to a poor start, com- you know, confidence is, is a big thing. And, you know, whatever your job, whatever your role in life, if you're feeling unconfident, if you're having a couple of days bad in the office, going in the next day is hard. Mm. So we started off with lots of new faces looking really, really poor, and they managed to turn it around against tough teams in the Championship. They're really, really good signs. You know, they're solid, they're capable... A lot of players, you know, a lot of ex-premiership players knocking around. A lot of there's a lot of money in the division, and so to turn it around is is great. But let's not get carried away. It wasn't it wasn't brilliant. It was by no means exciting, I don't think. But we um, found a way to win. It wasn't as pretty as the way we won last year, but it was a way to win. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's what for what for about. And it's a, and it's nice that that they've got a side that we've got a side that we can sort of associate with. Because it wasn't the case at the start of the season, was it? You were thinking, no. well, Who are they? lots of new you. faces. They're not really playing good football. We're losing most games or, or, or sneaking draws. Um, whereas, I, you know, I mentioned the Burnley game a lot when they were flat on their backs at the end of that game, having turned around a 2-0 home deficit to win 3-2. And you can go home happy mm. from that. You know, it was just... Um, um, yeah, they just, they just worked hard for us, I think. And that, that goes for the, for the whole season. They worked hard for us and I... And I think that's why we can be we can be proud of the season. Well, if they work really hard, then they deserve a couple of awards. Agreed. Let's crack on with the award ceremony. From the rookery end. Every player has a good day and a bad day. And the winner of the first award on this podcast 
the Optimus Prime Award for transforming from a zero to a hero in the eyes of the Vicarage Road faithful goes to one of our new boys from this season. When we first met the winner, he had a terrible game against Watford whilst playing for Sheffield United. Mike, what are your memories of, of that game? It's stuck in my mind ever since. It was just one of the most extraordinarily inept performances not just by a professional footballer, but by a professional anyone with a job. It was, I can't imagine anyone in the world has had a worse day at the office than that. He was just all over the shop, falling over, slicing clearances, tripping over his own laces, fouling his own players. Um, it was his debut, I believe, for Sheffield United. He was on loan from a, um, a premiership club at the time, so obviously big things were expected of him from the, uh, from the Blades fans. And good Lord only knows what they must have thought going away from that game, because he... He was poor. It wouldn't have looked... I reckon I'd have done a better job. Okay. Drunk. <laughs> and possibly naked with my boots tied together. It was a bad day at the office. But Jason, what did he bring to the Watford squad then? Well, it was a strange sign at the time. We, we had a, a player there who was good enough in that position. He had suffered an injury, so we needed some sort of cover. And, and this guy came in and he was probably... a. a just a quicker version of what we already had, and it was great. Obviously, at the time of the signing, people were a bit worried because of the uh, because of what Mike was just talking about. Certainly, my brother heard someone boo his yeah. this guy when he was when his name was read out in his debut for Watford. To be fair, you couldn't <laughs> argue with it. <laughs> the evidence that we had up until that point, yeah. it was not looking like a, a great strong signing. reason why you would make that noise. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, he had a had a, a great debut, and like I said, he he, he was what we already had and what we liked in that position but just a whole lot quicker yeah unbelievable the the transformation from what we saw in red and white to what we saw in yellow red and black was just you know if you couldn't there couldn't be the performances couldn't be further apart amazing so the winner of the from the rookery end optimus prime award is nyron nosworthy Wasn't he amazing though? What a breath of fresh air. about he was he came on loan originally yeah. and then he signed. And of all the players that we signed, for me, he was probably the most important player because he was you know, all the guys guys we signed in the, in the summer must have been part of the Watford system that, that um Malky would have been part of. But this man chose to come to Watford for whatever reason, um, because he wanted to get some games, then when he could sign for any club because he left Sunderland for, for very little money, if anything, he chose to come to Watford. He must have known it's, a good, it's still a good place to come. Yeah, it was nice. When he, when he finished his loan, I think everyone expected him to, to go. Mm. I think the, no one really discussed him staying, because we all assumed uh, you know, he's a premiership player, he's performed well while on loan for us, therefore he'll go. So when we did actually manage to sign him, it felt, it felt good on a number of levels. It felt like finally, you know, because we have felt... Behind the eight ball a little bit, haven't we? With with being able to, we've, you know, we play this card all the time. We haven't got any money. Uh, we're you know we're a relatively small club. Blah 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 blah. And it does actually get a little bit depressing when we think, you know, actually we found a decent player here. Can we hang on to him? And the the default position was no, we won't. So to actually sign him, was was really comforting and quite and and quite encouraging. So yeah, like you say, John, it's really important. I, I think. I think you're right. That the performance things, performances thing was key for me. The fact that. He's been out there playing well for us. And you know, part of Sunderland sending him out on, on loan was one, to get fitness, two, to put him in the shop window. Mm. Mm. They knew they probably wouldn't hang on to him. 
Uh, well, they didn't want that, him, did they? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's played well, made himself a, a sort of an asset for someone to sign. The fact that we've still still been able to sign him is really good for us. So it's quite good, good for Dice to be able to, to be able to yeah. attract and sign a player like that, Jace. Yeah. Yes, it does. So, uh, and again, we got to remember that he was still within his sort of first six months of being a football manager at that stage. So for 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 Nara to come in, work under Dyche for for that short period of time, and want to sign for him straight away says a lot about Dyche and the rest of the backroom staff and the players that are there as well. He mm. he must have enjoyed himself there whilst yeah. whilst playing good football. Yeah, and believed in it. Yeah. Obviously, belief. Is a big important thing. So the winner of our first award, the Optimus Prime Award, is Nyron Nosworthy. Autobots, roll out! From the rookery end! We should really give a, uh, an award to one of our other new boys uh, we've had this year. The award for the one that most looks like a wardrobe award. The, the, the winner of this one certainly didn't get off to the best start to, to <coughs> life as a hornet. Yeah, he had a, I think it's fair to say he would admit and has admitted that he had a slow start to his uh, to his Watford career. I think he suffered with a few injuries um, at the start of the season. Uh, There's a few eyebrows raised at his signing. I think by by fellow fans, they didn't necessarily think that he was a sort of player that was going to set the world on fire. And um, but that was that was a mistake of going. Oh, he's not going to replace Danny Graham, and almost looking him at him as a signing as someone who's going to replace somebody, not as someone yeah. who's just going to come in and and do what they do. I think he's since admitted it's been one of his roughest seasons at, uh, as a footballer. He did a, a good end of the season, though, Jace. He did. Um, the two goals at Leeds. Absolutely. Which great, which I got the impression from, from other fans that that was quite a, a highlight of the season, winning at Leeds. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at the end of the season, we'd waited the whole year for it, and finally he scores a, a goal at Vicarage Road. And so what a goal it was, though. Deft. It was. Deft. A, a, cheeky a, little a little lovely little touch. Yeah, if he'd have been a Brazilian. <laughs> if he was on a Messi, that would have been on Sky Sports over and over again. The winner of the player that looks most like a wardrobe award goes to Chris Iwalamu. And he's been good as well for Watford. Another mm. good signing. Great to have in the dressing room. Um, you know, what I like about him is when you sat in the rookery and you can see them w- w- running up and down the line, warming up, <laughs> some of those young fellas, you can tell he's there, encouraging them, putting their arm around them, getting them psyched up. You know that's the sort of player he is in, in that. He's not, just, he's not just a statistic in terms of number of goals. He's yeah. probably something big in that changing room. But he does look like a wardrobe. His shoulders are absolutely incredible, <laughs> aren't they? He's just, he's just the most rectangle man, rectangular-shaped man I've ever seen in my life. But great to have him at Watford. Well done. Got something to send the boys? Then email podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. We love celebrating Watford players through the medium of song here on From the Rookery End. And after a brilliant first season as Watford manager... I think it's only right that Sean Dyche is due a musical accolade. Yeah, yeah. Jason, um, is there a standout trait that maybe we could pick up on for such a song? Uh, possibly. Uh, well, there is a loud hand clap, but of course, the, the, the main one is that really gruff voice that he's got. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. You can't. No one can try. No. Well, you can try, but you fail. But we've got to pick a song that is fitting of Sean. Well, if it wasn't, we could do, uh, I've got a little daughter, we could do The Gruffalo by Julie <laughs> Donaldson. But if we really have to do a song... That's another sketch next year, noted. Yeah, yeah good, we'll look forward to that. Um, I'm, uh, I was a bit of a raver back in the day, back in the 90s, and uh, late 80s even, perhaps. Uh, but I was a big fan of The Prodigy. I reckon we could do something around Firestarter. So, 
Here's our song, especially for a say thanks for an amazing season as Watford manager to the exhaust eater himself, Mr. Sean Dyche. I'm the Watford boss, shaved headed innovator. I'm the goatee sporting training instigator. I'm the exhaust eater, ginger exhaust eater. You're not the exhaust eater, ginger exhaust eater. I'm the exhaust eater, ginger exhaust eater. Yeah. The one the strikers hated, sounds like my larynx has been grated. Yeah. Players do what they're stated, or they are quickly slated. I'm the exhaust eater. Ginger exhaust eater. You're not the exhaust eater. Ginger exhaust eater. I'm the scary looking player motivator. Yeah. I'm the man in charge. The referee berator. I'm the exhaust eater. Ginger exhaust eater. You're not the exhaust eater, ginger exhaust eater. I'm the exhaust eater, ginger exhaust eater. <laughs> See you pre-season. In a bit, rookery end. Sean Dice signing a hat. Stay in the loop and get involved on facebook.com slash rookery end. Transfer window deadline day is always entertaining and can throw up a curveball as we are all glued to Sky Sports News. For Wofford fans, the 31st of January 2012 was a big surprise for who was leaving the club. Massive. It was. Shocked. Mm. So, the winner of the Breaking Breaking News Award is... Adrian Mariapa for his non-transfer to Wigan, Newcastle, Swansea or any other club Sky Sports were linking him with. Everyone was. Everyone thought he was going. Sky Sports. The yellow ticker was uh, featuring Adrian Mariapa in talks with this, that, and the other. Breaking news: Adrian Mariapa's leaving. Well, here's your breaking news: Adrian Mariapa is not leaving. He's staying with the Golden Boys. He was warming up at the Den, ready for a game of football. He broke their breaking news. He busted it good and proper. And what a delight that was! What a, it was one of those funny nights, wasn't it? We've talked about it uh, in, in other podcasts, but it was. Again, and we talked about Nairam Nosworthy signing for Watford, mm. and I think it, it, you get that warm feeling, don't you, when Nairam wanted to sign for Watford, which is great, Mariapa decided to stay. Now, let's not kid ourselves, he, a lot of it was probably for personal reasons. Maybe Newcastle didn't match our valuation, Wigan did, but he thought he didn't want to go to Wigan. Um, so he stayed, and he stuck, stuck it out with Watford. And what a, it's, just, it's just quite rewarding as a, as a Watford fan to know that your club is doing something right for a player who's obviously as, as talented as AD is to want to stay with us, and... Um, Oh, that was really good that night. I was really pleased. Obviously, there was other news that night, which was Marvda going well, going to Bolton. But I'd say there is quite an irony, isn't it? If if Mariepa goes to Wigan, he's playing Premiership football next season. He's not. He stayed with us. Which Marvin's gone to Bolton and hardly played any football since he's gone. And now look, if he's 
if he's playing with them next year, he's playing in the Championship again. You've got to say, it looks like an awful move for Marv. I, f- I feel desperately sorry for him because yeah. he obviously went, you know, as, as a fan, you think, well, where's the loyalty and so on and so forth. But someone offers a pre- you a Premiership contract, you know, he might break your leg. He might have broken his leg that night against Millwall and never been the same player. You know, you've got to live in the moment. You can, you can only take that decision when it arrives on your, on your doorstep, so to speak. Marv took his decision. I feel sorry for him. I think... He was probably poorly advised going to, to mm. Bolton. I don't think Bolton had, had thought that transfer through because if they had, they'd have been signing someone and playing him. Well, you, you sign people to go and fill a spot or sign someone to add something that you d- currently don't have. You don't sign someone to warm a bench. Yeah, especially, certainly not for three and a half million quid. I mean, it, it's, when you talk about Andy Carroll signing for 35 million, it's, it's insignificant. But, it's, you know, it's a lot of money for a club like Bolton. It's, you know... Uh, and it's very, very odd that they spent that, paid that money for him, and then, then didn't give him a chance. So I feel desperately sorry for Marv. Um, well, he might get. You know, they, they have been relegated. They'll be visiting Vicar Road next year, and they'll probably lose some of their top players. Davis will probably go, and he might get those chances needed. But back to Mr. Mariapa staying. Yeah, of course. Everyone was worried about Marvin going. Our top goal scorer at that point. I think most thinking fans were definitely aware that Mr. Mariapa staying was probably the more important person to stay, and he would have been the making and breaking of the season. Yes, he was a big part of a staying, but that move, that Marvin going, opened up so many more avenues for certain players to come through, mm. including, you know, it, it brought Troy even further forward yeah. in, in, in the pecking order. It brought, probably quicker than, than, than one might have expected this year, Sean Murray coming into the side. As a transfer going out, it was a great, great, great thing for Watford, I think, for, as, as a club. Well, I think what that, the good thing about Watford is that they adapt, don't they, and react, they react to the situation. And I think we all sat there, either at the den or at home, hearing that transfer news, thinking, right, you know, we need to... Obviously, we're not going to sign anyone else because it's, it's, the transfer window is, is closed. So we've got what we've got. They need to step up. And whether people thought that the likes of Troy could step up and get... I don't think anyone really thought at that stage Troy was going to end up with... With the 12 goals, did he get Did he get 12 this season? He certainly got into double figures. And I don't know whether people felt that... Because he didn't really show the signs that he was going to get those those sort of figures. And, you know, we were worried. I was certainly worried. But you? you yeah, exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. Never. Absolutely <laughs> never. But do you think, Jason, actually, post-Marvin uh, leaving, and that game, in fact, that, that important game of Mariapa staying, is the make-or-break game for me of the season. In the club awards, it was their performance of the season. That post Millwall, post transfer window, Watford were a better team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the time, it's sort of been likened to the was it the Sheffield United game where yeah. the players had just taken a pay cut back in the early two thousands when we were struggling. I also likened it to the Blackburn game in the Premiership season when we lost Ashley Young as a fan. The feeling that our our best player had been sort of snatched away from us that day, and to then. Turn up uh, to a game as a fan, you think, oh god, we're not going to win now, uh, and we put out a, a result as we did back in two thousand and seven. It wasn't as, as devastating uh, an effect as as that sort of instant no, sort of thought think, as it as it was. And it's a way of life for us Watford fans as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. always realised that we were going to lose lose Marv. He was a, he was an England international. Um, He's England under twenty one um, international. Well, okay, it's semantics, but. Um, well, semantics, facts. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's, it's a way of life for Watford, and I think a measure of the club is how we 
how we react to it and what's you know what's the succession planning because I think unless you're a complete buffoon you're not going to expect to keep Marth the, for his career so you've got to be thinking right we're going to have a backup similarly with 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 Mariapa if if he had gone we would have had to have a plan because Dice must must have been aware of what was happening that phrase you used is a phrase that we've heard from from Ross Wilson head of football development and also from Nick Cox yeah. is that the club clearly do have Succession plans, I'm not necessarily sure that you get the succession plan is to go from a proven goal scorer to an under-17, which I'm sure there are people who can play the position, but were they ready? That was one of the worries for the rest of the season, that these young players would come in, would they be ready? And one man was particularly ready and scored a fair few goals, Mr Sean Murray, who, on this, did you see this week on Twitter, his brand new fast car? No, he's got, he got? got an Audi something or another, but oh. you could tell he's a young man with a very flash car and was very, very happy with it. Well, well done, Sean. I think he deserves it. We're sure to see Mr. Mariapa's name come along in the yellow Sky Sports breaking news at some point or another over the summer. I'm sure he, 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 well, he's told us he's happy at Watford and he, he doesn't have to leave. We wish him all the best for when his transfer comes up this <laughs> summer. I think if he breaks the breaking if he breaks the breaking news again, <laughs> then I think he's already nailed on for man of next year. Um, you know, I don't think any Watford fans going to begrudge him a move if it does come up. Um, he's a great player. I think we, he's, he's done well. He's been a great servant for Watford. Let's just wait and see what happens. But it was a great moment when he stayed on. It was um, one of those nice little moments as a Watford fan. So well done, AD. This is Britta Sombolonga doing the conga on From the Rookery End. So once again this season, Watford have had a number of loanees playing for them. Hopefully not loanees in the uh, in the monetary sense, not uh, <laughs> loaning money to uh, owner or anyone else for that matter. But we've had had some loanees playing for us, and they and again, as per usual, as we've come to expect, they've played well for us. So it would be churlish not to have a loanee of the season award. Just a run through of a few of them. Uh, we had the Poland goal. We had Thomas Kuszak from Man United. There was Alex Kaczynik. John Lone from Fulham on the wing. Kaczynichli John Lone, was that his full name? Kaczynichli, I don't know about you, but he was good. I saw a picture of him the other day, a still of him. He does look incredibly young. Very young. Because he is. Remember, our collective age is quite old and... Yeah, but... Yeah. Of course, what we forget about Kaczynicic is that he he never played a... Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that's no. my point with it. He's, mm. he's, he's yeah. young because he's never played professional games football. Super young, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, of course, we had uh, Dave Trotter on loan from Fulham for his one and only appearance in the limelight for Watford against Southampton. Well, so, but that was a letdown, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. Horrible, horrible game. Uh, you could have had Danny Graham up front in that game and I, I think we would still have... Uh, but he didn't come back. A, he must have gone. He went to training every single day, and he wasn't picked again. And he was there quite quickly yeah, not put what, on the bench. We don't know what happened in training. So that that meant he so. didn't play again. But um, did he go out on loan after? I think so. No, he no. And then, and then the both Kachaniklich and Trotter end up on the bench towards the end of the season for Fulham. And then Kachaniklich was playing, got some yeah. playing time on the pitch, whereas Trotter disappeared again for Fulham at the end of the season. Be so. Interesting to see what happens to you. Mm. Mm. We always look out for our old boys. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it is just a, 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 a one gamer. Anyway. And the winner of Lonely of the Season is Michael Kite. Uh, Steve Herman, uh, at Stato Steve on Twitter, a uh, good friend of the podcast. Hello, Steve. Commentator of football up in uh, Wolverhampton, uh, and was ever so nice to grab a few moments with Michael, especially for us on From the Rookery End. It was the perfect loan spell for me, to be honest. Um, 
you know, it's a great club, Watford, very well run. They've got a great set of staff there and, uh, and a top manager. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was the perfect move. It went really well. The, the lads are brilliant, all hard-working, honest bunch of lads. And I, at the time, I had a couple of options to go elsewhere, but I'm, I'm so glad that I chose Watford because they've helped me massively. You're obviously impressed because you've got the, uh, from the Rookery End podcast, uh, lone player of the season. Uh, did you really enjoy your time there and what was the, the atmosphere like at the club? Yeah, the atmosphere was good. You know, um, I remember when I came in, we, you know, they were down the sort of bottom of the league and, and now they're sort of, you know, you know, just behind the playoffs. There's, there's a feel-good factor there and that comes from, from the gaffer because... Uh, He's a, he's a very good manager, a very good man manager, and I think that's massive in football. Um, you know, obviously tactically he's, he's very good, but he, he gets the best out of his players. And you know, I think he's one to watch for the future because I think he can go on and, and, and be a top top manager. Were there any particular players there that helped you out while you were there? To be fair to him, all of them. It was a great set of lads. You know, obviously no Chris Umanumu from from being from being here, but. Uh, you know, every lad there, uh, Mariapa, Hogg, John Eustace, uh, you know, Troy Adini, who's just from, from Walsall around the corner. Great, great lads, and you know, I enjoyed every minute down there. Any standout matches during the spell? I think probably my last home game. Um, we won 4-1 at, uh, at home to Doncaster and scored in like, the last minute. Uh, and I remember there was a brass band playing at the time, and you know, it was quite a good memory. And, you know, it was, it's a memory uh, that will always stay with me, that loan spell, and you know, I, f- I thank them for, for everything they've done for me. You've actually uh, preceded my final question that I've got here. Just say, how does it feel to score a belt and goal with a full American marching band uh, behind you? Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. I, I actually, two minutes before I sort of scored, I, I heard it and thought, that's, that's different class, that. And we were winning 3 1 at the time, and you know, we were on a pretty good run. I think we was like nine unbeaten or something like that. and you know, I got the ball on, on the halfway line and just broke. And I remember Yates, he's screaming at me on the right, saying pass it. And I just bent it in the bottom corner and, and went off to celebrate with the, with the band. And it was, it was good. It was, a, it was a nice moment. And, you know, this season's been pretty tough for, for nice moments. And, and that was definitely one of them. It was quite a tough call, that one, Jason. There were, there were, there were a lot of good I mean, loanees. Yeah, and in particular, I think Kushak would have run him close. Um, I'm very impressed with Kusha. There was obviously the ironic start where he also played in that Southampton game where, where we, we were delighted that we finally had a goalkeeper that was sort of coming off the line this season and he just came off that line um, a little bit too, too, too early, a little bit too far. and yeah. He made up for that. But he did. That, that, that was it, wasn't it? Oh, from that point onwards, well, he the, was outstanding. Like I say, Tr- you know, Trotter, he practically came on and he... He had a game and you go, oh, maybe it was just that game. And he didn't sort of do anything to get picked again the next week. Kushak must have done something in training to get picked again. Mm. And for the rest of the season, I only missed one game because uh, he had a, a little baby. Yeah, I mean, he, he, grew into, he grew into it very quickly, to be fair. I mean, that, that, opening, uh, that opening goal he let in was an absolute howler. You've got to be, got to be honest. And I'd love to have seen Scott Lotus' face close <laughs> that when, when that went in. I felt like he would probably have been high-fiving everyone if he would, but he would have got a fine, I guess. And as Jay said, the irony I don't think was lost on many people. But Kusak, what a great signing. And he, he really galvanised that the side, didn't he? But I think it's... I mean, I know a lot of championship sides and lower league sides do play the loan game, but... Like you can't help but feel that we're doing quite well at it, you know, when, and it feels like we're trusted with some of these. We're trusted with youngsters in, in Katsunich, Ditch and, um, and Trotter, 
with uh, and cleverly last year, Lansby before that, um, Kitely, who you know, let's be fit, let's be fair, McCarthy wanted him fit, but I'm sure there was a lot of people who would have been in for Michael Kitely, who is, you know, a worthy winner of this award, absolutely brilliant player. He lit up. Watford yeah. games and he's you know, it reminded me of Johnson and the days of Adam Johnson seeing someone who can you know that little bit of extra skill and flair and, and finish the eye for goal that... and without without sort of seeming to have to put in too much effort to do it he looked like he wasn't trying that much harder just to yeah, that cut red... inside the number of times he sort of cut inside yeah. and, and, <laughs> and cross that... the box put it in the far corner like yeah. it was yeah, 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 it's yeah, that yeah. rare thing yeah. as a Watford fan he's going to score here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever a Watford player, you never think he's going to score. You think, oh, might do, maybe, maybe. I think the reason why he does win the, the best loanee is because he was the player who lifted us at the right time. Absolutely right. Hugely important that Dyshee went out and got him. Um, and, you know, whether people would have taken a gamble on him because he, he's fit. He, he got injured as soon as he came to us as well, remember. Mm. He missed a few games after, after he joined and we thought, are we ever going to get 90 minutes out of this guy? Um, but I assume there would have been other managers who went for him. So I'd assume Kitely would have had some decision in coming to Watford and, and likewise McCarthy, uh, whose footballing judgment may have been questioned since, of course, because <laughs> he's out of a job. But it's nice that these players are coming to Watford and we're getting a steady stream of, of high-quality low knees. We're not, you know, we're not scraping the barrel. We're not flapping around looking for you know, third, fourth-string youth team players. Mm. We're actually getting really good, uh, really good players. Trotter didn't really work out, but... You know, we were excited about him. He 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 did really well at Wickham, so I think Watford fans were pleased to to see us get him. But it didn't quite work out. But you know, again, encouraging. Well done, Dyche, for picking Kitely. Well done, Kitely, for playing like an absolute legend. What a star, Jason. We uh, we've had him. You know, so we said we had some good loanies. Do you do you see there being a a, a time where we're not going to have loanies? Are we? Are we? Have, I don't think loanies, so. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do you think the fact that we we've, we've been buying players and. Uh, We've got a steady stream coming through from the from the youth team. Do you think there's going to be a time where we're not going to be in need of loanies? I don't think so. I, as Mike said, a lot of championship clubs um, use loanies. Um, I just yeah, it's part and parcel of, of of our level of football. Even if it's like Dice has done this year, he at the start of the season he was very much looking to buy players and, and make them our own players. Um, but it was soon proven that, that it didn't quite work out at the start, and we had to get some loanies in to to change things around. And, I think, and that's fine if 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 that's the way he wants to to do it. Then I think that's a yeah, a, I think a good model for for doing it. Let, let's let's try and make a, a a squad of Watford players. If it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, then we can make use of the loan system to change things up and freshen up the squad, and maybe improve areas where where it needs improving. Yeah. I think if the system's there, you'd be it'd be pure folly to ignore it. Um, I know I know where the question comes from, John. We want to be in a situation where we've got a squad that we're completely happy with. You wouldn't expect, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson or or Mancini as the new uh, king of the uh, king of the Premier League to to loan someone in. You know, they've got a squad that they're happy with that they can put out week in week out. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the end game. Ideally, one day Watford will have a squad. Um, that you know we don't have to be. That's our squad, and that's good enough to win games. But while the system is there, um, I don't. I think it would be foolish to say we're not going to loan anyone. We're going to we're going to solely focus on 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 developing our own players and sticking with what we've got because a other people do it, and b it's a bloody tough division. It's really really hard. And when you're struggling in January, in February, and you're playing two games a week with massive hulks of strikers and defenders trying to upset you all trying to either get promoted or stay in the division, you need to do something. 
And I think if you can get a player in with that little bit of extra quality, i.e. Michael Kitely, um, catching it, for example, you, you've got to do it. And I, it, it is a skill because I think people get a lot of, you know, Doncaster, you know, they've, they've tried a different business model and that's right at the other end of the spectrum. They've tried all pretty much loanies and that hasn't worked. Um, but I'm sure there's tales, there's there's people t- uh, similar to us talking about their clubs who have had loanies come in who haven't done the business. Now, Watford have had a, a succession of loanies who have, and I think that's down to the way the club's set up and, and our management teams selecting the right players. So it's not as easy as saying, oh, he plays for Man United, let's get him in. You've got to prove to, you, to, the, to that player in that club that you're worthy, and you've got to locate that player in the first place. No, this isn't championship manager. You can't just try it and see what happens. Well, uh, you've well, got to be safe. yeah. Tell Doncaster Rovers fans that. I mean, yeah, they, well. they they did try that. They they got in loads of loan players, Premiership players, uh, yeah. and it, Bless and you, John. it. John's John, <laughs> John's a bit. John's allergic to loans. So you can see why. He, uh, <laughs> or, or Doncaster. It's my a, new mortgage. It's a red and white hooped <laughs> mug that he's just drunk his tea from. Yeah, yeah. So, and that clearly has had that effect. But well done, kites. Brilliant. Hi, this is Sean Dyche, and you're listening to From the Rookery End. Watford have been extremely lucky over the last few seasons to not have any major injury problems that left the team short. This year, there were a few long-term injuries. Stephen McGinn's knee ligament injury meant he didn't kick a single ball of first-team football. Martin Taylor dislocated his collarbone, and that kept him out for a huge chunk of the season. But which was the best injury of the 2011-2012 season? It was... John Eustace's back injury in November. Now, it's interesting that we're saying what was the best injury, because it's not often yeah, injury yeah. can be termed best. But It wasn't the best thing for John, but for in terms of the club, I think it did, a, it did two major things for me. One, having such a big player out, there is a, a chance of you worrying that... Be... Worrying? Are you kidding? I didn't think John Eustace could get injured. <laughs> I didn't leave my bedroom for about six weeks. Hulk. <laughs> it, but it, it opened up the chance for people like Jonathan Hogg to play in that position, which we kind of learnt to know that is his, mm-hmm. you know, his prime position. And also someone like Prince Barabin actually starting game, getting a bit longer on the pitch, meant that he kind of got a little bit of development time that he would have needed as well. And also meant to go, whoa... Even though John, John is amazing, we weren't as dependent on him as I thought we were going to be. We would have been at the beginning of the year if we hadn't signed Jonathan Hogg. Well, a lot of those early season games were, you know, we were all, we'll all admit that they were very turgid. Um, there was very little in the way of creativity. The midfield was very cloying. Everything was getting clogged up in there. And I think everyone could see that, that Hogg and Eustace wasn't really working, was it? No. And, and then Eustace got that injury. Um, he was out for a, for a period of time, and the wonderfully named Prince Boabin made his bow, and all of a sudden it was like the the dynamic of the team had changed a little bit, and um, that's when I, I started we started turning things around a little bit, and which is why you know that's we're saying that it, it was a good thing because it, as you were alluding to there, John, very very hard to drop drop John Eustace, equally hard to drop Hog, work hard working really really hard and you know breaking up play and you know is you know it's a real important part of our midfield but it just wasn't working was it? It showed though that we could play this way and this was a better way and almost for the whole team including John this is the way that we should play football 
this is the way that we, we should do it in a little bit more attacking rather than being a, yeah, I mean, a, I mean, a, a I think... sit back. I, I always felt there was a gap between the the midfield and Marvin up front. It felt like there was a lot of gap and a bit of a longer ball was kind of going forward, but yeah, it I felt think, much more together. I, I think Jace will probably talk a little bit more about how, how the setup of the team um, altered as a result of that, but I think it's a little bit of luck. Let's be honest, you know, mm. Dodge needed Look, that. I think I think you're right. When you talk about luck, we were, we played Peterborough that day. Mm. Yeah, had we been playing a tougher opposition, mm-hmm. we might find it more of a struggle. The fact that we were playing a team that conceded lots of goals. Um, played into our hands a bit. They, no, they weren't rubbish. They, they, they played. Yeah, they, they, they Yeah, they attacked quite aggressively, and they they got a couple of goals themselves that day. But that did help us out. But yeah, it meant that we could play Boerman in that attacking position, mm. open them up quite frequently, and 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 we got a reward. My favourite thing, though, in fact, about that injury, not only did it open up for other players, but upon his return. I'm not saying John was all of a sudden a revitalised player or the fact that he was trying hard, because I'm sure he tried beforehand. You betcha he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know that. But, I mean, it's just like he did seem to have something new to him. Yeah, he's a man who doesn't like not being involved in football. Football is his profession. When we spoke to him, he was very clear. He's very single-minded. I play football. I want to do it well. You know, so when he was talking about being, you know, he didn't really care who he played for almost, as long as he was playing football. He talked about his loan spell at Derby, coming back and scoring at Watford. He was like, well, actually, I just wanted to prove a point that you should be playing me. And he's driven. All he cares about is football. So for him not to be playing, whether it's through being dropped, whether it's being suspended or injured, I think what we've got there, and we know this really, is, is a player who's going to come back absolutely champing at the bit to, to play a part again. So, and will play on with half his head hanging off. Oh, unbelievable. Ter- could, could have easily won the Steve Terry Memorial um, Award for the, the two headband uh, yeah. appearances he had. And you could even throw in the Terry Butcher uh, stained uh, England shirt. <laughs> yeah. If, if health and safety rules didn't disallow that these days, then probably yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what a great... I mean, we, we haven't really mentioned uh, John Eustace until this sort of rather unfortunate award that he's, <laughs> he's receiving from us today. But, again, just great that he's hung around. You know, again, let's not forget he had the chance to go last year and I think he stayed because of the setup at Watford, because he could see a little bit down the line into the future, and it's a club worth playing for, worth sticking around and, and working hard for. And that, that, and that chap goes out and, and gives his all. You can't, you know, there's another one that leaves it all out there. There's no denying that all he wants to do is go out and be on a winning side, and it's, it's great to have someone like that on, going out to bat for you. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. So the Championship playoff final has finished. Heartbreak for Blackpool. And, uh, and West Ham and the Hammers and their cynical moaning fans have well, for a very depressing season, I expect, in the Premier League. 2-1, the final score at Wembley. Um, so we're, we're going to end up, Jason loves his stats. I like to outstat him every so often. <laughs> Next year in the Championship, we will have eight teams, eight teams, starting with the letter B. Barnsley, Birmingham, Blackburn, Blackpool, Bolton, Brighton, Bristol City and Burnley. Here's a challenge for the, for the listener. Has there ever been a championship year with more clubs starting with the same letter? Well, to, just to add to that, that yeah. means that, the, um, that 50% of the teams <laughs> yeah. will come from the top four letters of the alphabet. Did you add... <laughs> oh, you just beat you me! Oh. <laughs> you Cardiff, Charlton, Crystal Palace and Derby to that. And there you go, There's, that's 12 teams out of 24. And that concludes this episode. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But the good thing is, because walls have come down, it doesn't mean we start bottom of the league. 
Very good. Because they will be below us. They will be bottom of the league. Long may it remain that way. We, we have had a good season. We, we, we've said it in many different ways in this podcast. Next year, what, what expectation is going to be next year? Is it to go one better than this year and beat 11th place? Well, I think, I mean... I get accused a lot of the time. I defend, um, I've defended Malky Mackay for moving on. I've defended players for moving on. And people say, well, look, if you have the mentality that we're little old Watford, we will always be little old Watford. And, you know, I, I've got a bit of sympathy for that because you have to have ambition. If you're going to be in a competitive industry, which is what football is, um, you have to have a plan. You have to eventually be playing for something and, and wanting to achieve more. And I think privately, Sean Dice and the players will be saying, right, let's go out and beat 64 points. Let's, you know, we have to progress. As players and professionals, we need to... We've set a marker. That's what we've done this year. Let's beat it. But what's beating it? Because beating it, if we got four oh, more for wins, Jason... for example. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But Jason, if we had four more wins, that's not a huge number of games, we would have been in the playoffs. We, that, we would have been in the playoffs, yeah. It's a new season, and... and so many things can happen. We've seen, as we have done for the last few seasons, the Championship was a very difficult division. Anyone could beat anyone. We won at the Champions, as we said, and we lost at Portsmouth last season. It went down. All it takes is a couple of injuries that, mm. that, that, to, to key players that don't go away that don't mean we can get a bullwabbing in and, and sort of change the shape of the team. It could be that the player we didn't want to leave on transfer deadline day goes, and all of a sudden... Any momentum we had, yeah, any confidence yeah, yeah. we had in the squad has gone. And little things like that, it doesn't take much. Little things like that mean we're not just getting those results that maybe we, we just got last year. And all of a sudden we are in a relegation battle. But it, so it's very, very difficult to say. I, For me at the moment, I, what happens next season and what I expect, and, and I don't just, at this point in time, so close in this season, really, really difficult to say. I, I think we need to see what, what happens to the squad. Yeah. What does well, the squad I don't like feel that we, you know, if you compare it to the season before, I felt that we didn't lose as many games this year. I didn't feel like we lost as many games this last season as we did the season before, which means we probably did draw more games. We were more productive, but it didn't, certainly didn't seem like we were throwing away as many games. It didn't mm. seem like yeah. we were... Um, being, we were you know, being robbed of as many games. So I kind of get a feeling that if you sort of average up a feeling of performance over the season, it was better, and therefore, if we can better it, only a minor amount. It wasn't. You know, there wasn't much luck in the results that we got. Yeah. Um, was, so uh, actually, uh, it's, it's something solid to build yeah, on. It it's sure. not half of a, a luck, a couple of goals from one player. We we would be. You know, we we we, we could. It, be. It's because we were hard to beat, and Sean yeah. used those words so himself. He, he said he wanted right. to make the side hard to beat. And that's what he's done. So maybe he goes away in the summer and now's right and says, "Now I've made a team that's hard to beat. Now I'm going to turn them into a team that, that wins more games. And mm. I know that they're, they're, they're not going to lose games. Now I'm going to make them win more games. And, and maybe that's what he's going to look to do. We don't know. We'll, we'll see what. Yeah, huge achievement and a huge and a huge foundation and the natural progression, as I said, would be would be to look to to better it. John, you're saying, can we win four more games? If you set that as a target, it's not a you know. If you're sitting in front of a, uh, if you're the manager, and say right lads, let's do what we did last year. Let's win four more games. Mm. That doesn't sound like an unrealistic target. However, Jace, you know you're absolutely right. The championship is absolutely bonkers. We got Muller. Bonkers, B. But yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything can happen. Um, but uh, 
I can't lose the nagging doubt that I've had throughout this season. I'm really sorry to be negative, but because I'm, I'm, hugely, I'm hugely positive about this season. I'm proud of Watford, and I, hopefully throughout, uh, throughout the podcast you, hear, you, get, you get that from me. But I have this niggling doubt that all is not, you know, we're not quite on an even keel off the pitch. Well, let's talk about off the pitch, because that was my next manoeuvre and questioning. We're going to have a new pitch. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, the old one is coming up. It kind of looks like a beach uh, from the last photo that was put up on the, on the Twitter account. Which on, is WFC Badgemoose. Yep. I think it's worth uh, end-of-season sort of social media award to, uh, <laughs> to WFC Badgemoose. Because, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, it's, a, it's a good good source of little bits and bobs from the club. Not every club does that and no. throws out little pictures and bits and bobs. So if you don't follow that on Twitter, do. It's well worth it. But, yeah, we're getting a new pitch. And, and we've got a new pub. There were a couple of the promises that, that Lawrence, um, our owner, has, has made... They're starting to come through. But you've still got that feeling, and I've still got that feeling of why we, you know, we spent a lot this season, we spent one special podcast speaking about Lawrence and the fact that we had five very simple questions for him. Yep. Five really simple questions. They weren't probing, they weren't uh, um, personal, they were just sort of let's get to know you a little bit better. We still haven't had that. Is, <laughs> is him delivering on things? He's ticking him off. Uh, is, is, that en- is that enough? Uh Look, you know, he's a business owner and it is now a private business. He has no, um, you know, there's no law, there's nothing on paper that says he has to say or answer anyone's questions. We, you know, that that's a fact. Um, I don't think he's going to. He's not that type of guy, obviously. Mm. A couple of things have happened, the pub and the pitch. And the other thing is nothing overtly bad has happened either. And, you know, I'll be throwing my hands up at the start of the season or whenever he took over, I was thinking... Something bad might happen, and it hasn't. You know, we've got to we've got to be clear and, and honest that that nothing's bad happened. I still don't feel like I don't. I'm not confident though that that Sean Dyche is going to get money to spend. I'm not confident that money coming into the club would will be going into the academy, for example. Now is now is the time where we're looking at what category the the academy gets graded at. But investment now is is going to determine where whether we get A or B or, or whatever grade. Um, now, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. And that is really because we haven't been told. Um, if he was to come out and say, I'm prepared to invest in this, I'm prepared to invest in that, fine. Um, he's, he's not... I think we've got this year, we've been given a, a leader in Dyche who is the, on, or the, the footballing leader and sort of figurehead for everything. But we haven't got... He's not a figurehead, he's not a leader, he's not a man who says this is the way Watford is off the pitch, which is so more important in football these days, Chase. It is, and um, and I think now we we know he would probably admit to that. He would probably say he's not a person that that wants to be out there in the public eye. What's frustrating for us is it, it took him probably six months from the start of the season to say that. When had he done it at the start? Yeah, it might have saved him a bit of flack and and might have led to a bit more understanding from from us fans. He's not but even so. There are channels and there are ways that he could express make more statements, yes, and express himself and, and, and tell us still what his plans are for the mm. club, and it's still not clear what that is. Yeah. It's not that difficult. You know, I'm going to put a proportion of, of the transfer money into the academy. And what we do get <coughs> is sort of um, slightly... Um, wishy-washy is not the right word, but sort of sort of quite extravagant um, promises of, of what's going to be in the East Stand. You know, there's going to be restaurants and, and this, that and the other and health clubs. And it, it feels like they're, they're sort of statements that are tantamount to running before you can walk because 
we're just not that we're not there yet. We don't need that yet, and fans don't want that. I don't expect the East Stand to be this massive complex, and I don't. We don't. You know, let's be honest. We don't need it. But so don't say those things. Leave those, and then we'll get to those. But just say we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and be calm, considered, and explain the the rationale behind it, and and that'll be fine. If he if he just said at the start of the season, what I will do, deliver for you, Watford fans, is I'll I'll. Sport Sean Dice the best I can. I'll get the pub open and I'll relay the pitch. That's what I'm going to do because that's what the money is available. And that's what I can do. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Who's going to argue with that? You know, he, he did. Sean Dice did have money available. Money came into the club, obviously, but there was a bit of money to Nosworthy signed and so on and so forth. The pub's open. It may not be a big thing, but it's open mm. and the pitch is being done, which is a which is an important thing for a lot of Watford fans. So, if at the start of the season he'd said. These are the things I can and will deliver. Great. But there's just the extra little bits that he can't seem to help sort of talking about. The, the bells and whistles, which it feels to me, it's sort of like someone who's trying too hard. To be liked. Yeah, which, you know, it's no bad thing. You know, he's, he's doing, he's getting the money from somewhere. I haven't got it. You know, no. so he's you know he's head of me already. He's head of you, John, as well. Jase, you're a wealthy man. You could, you, <laughs> you could probably do it, but you're just easy. You're bone idle. <laughs> but like you say, Jase, into what's going to happen, who knows? But we know that the season's going to start on a nice little high and a yes. great celebration yep. with Lloyd Doyle's testimonial game on the fourth of August at Vicarage Road against Tottenham Hotspur. Very much looking forward to that yeah. as, a, as a nice way to, to, to see the, the new pitch and yeah. a similar, but with a couple of tweaks, maybe first team in action. Not to mention the Legends game beforehand as oh, well, 20-minute yes, 20, 20 side uh, game, and uh, we've, uh, we're lucky enough to be involved in trying to help uh, put the thing together. There's some great names going to be there that day, and uh, they're all looking forward to, to playing football, so we should be looking forward to going and watching. I think it's going to be a really good day after, after what should be an amazing summer sport. <clears throat> Thanks for listening this, uh, this season to all the podcasts. Uh, we're back again, uh, probably with a podcast we'll record at that very game, the, the pre-season special. You can get in touch with us, as always, Jace. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Rookery End, or you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Rookery John, at Rookery Mike, and at Jace Bailey. And obviously, you can, uh, on the website, uh, www.fromtherookeryend.com, I would say it's now the close season, so we'll be nice and active over on Facebook and on the, uh, on the website. So if you've got anything to say, get on there. Email us, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. Um, it's a long summer. I know there's lots of sport, but we all like to talk what so. Let's uh, use the lull in uh, Hornet-based proceedings to, uh, to get involved. It'd be, it's always good to hear from you. Thanks for listening. It's been a good season. And as Sean always says... Come on, you horns. <laughs>